Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Welcome to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. Today, we have a doozy. (laughs) We are talking about narcissism. For funsies. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it's, you know, something that people throw around a lot. Yes. I think people throw it around as a reason not to practice self-love. The Absolutely. fear of being narcissistic. We want to look at how self-love and narcissism are two very different things. Yeah, they couldn't be more different. And yet so many people fear that if they become self-loving they're going to become some kind of narcissist which is really quite ridiculous so we are going to break down this fear and talk about what narcissism actually is and how it differs from self-love so so just to be sure you think that they are different a hundred percent they are different and thank goodness we have a qualified therapist on the show <laughs> who can actually tell Our us special what speaker, narcissism is Lindsay Ball. <laughs> Y'all, I busted out the DSM for this episode. I've got the definition. And for those who don't know what a DSM is. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. What is the DSM? Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Illnesses. Interesting. What the hell is the S for? Oh, Diagnostic (laughs) Statistical Manual. Okay, thank you. But that's just hard to say. So DSM, let's go with that. Mm. So... One of the things that I've noticed lately is that I feel like narcissism has become a word that a lot of people throw around to describe lots of people they meet that they don't particularly like, right? (laughs) Everybody is a narcissist. My brother's a narcissist. My dad's a narcissist. These are not examples from my own life, people. But My ex. Everyone um, has an ex. My ex. Yes. Yeah. Everybody is divorcing a narcissist. Yes. Um, you know, people's parents and narcissists, I hear it all the time, not Mm -hmm. only in coaching, but just in conversations with people. And I think, you know, given the the incredible role model of a president that you have right now, that's also brought narcissism to the foreground. But I think that sometimes we are unfairly labeling people as narcissists who may not be narcissists. Mm -hmm. So I really would love to start with what actually is narcissism and, and how do we define it? And just so that we know, so that we have yeah, a clear idea of what it is we're talking about here. So before we jump into reading out the DSM, <laughs> I'm totally going to do. Fun listening for all. <laughs> I want to know what your coaching clients, what their concern is about becoming narcissistic if they are working on their self-love habits. Mm. I think it's a couple of things. I think maybe sometimes my clients are using the word narcissism or narcissistic to describe selfishness, first of all. So I think they, their fear is that they will become selfish. And then I think it's also, they associate narcissism with being arrogant and and egotistical Mm -hmm. and they're afraid they've built this kind of identity as being someone very selfless, very generous, very humble, very, 
and and they think that self-love is going to make them yeah arrogant egotistical selfish and they don't want any of those things to be associated with them same (laughs) (laughs) i feel that (laughs) yeah i really do think when i first started on my own self-love journey i really did fear that i not that i would become that way but that people who are really self-loving actually are really into themselves and Mm -hmm. to an unhealthy level and at the at the um opposite end of serving and loving and giving and so Mm -hmm. i really did hold those misconceptions and a lot of that was just my upbringing you know like with religion or with um being from the midwest even you know the values Mm -hmm. for especially women to be selfless and so giving to others was really Mm -hmm. important to me so mm. the idea of taking time for myself really felt selfish. The idea of mm. putting myself first felt like absolutely no, totally selfish. So mm. I think that, you know, when we look at the extremes, narcissism versus self-love, I think most of us kind of land in this middle place where we're like, well, I don't think I'm a narcissist, but I also am a little scared of practicing more self-love. Yeah. I think I entered into the self-love world in a different way and it was more around, you know, just healing my relationship to my body. And so I wasn't really even thinking about selfishness or narcissism or any Mm -hmm. of those things. But as I got more into it, of course, there's this, there is a question that I think everyone holds, which is if I take care of myself, is that selfish? And I just Mm -hmm. think absolutely not, (laughs) you know, and there's, I think what is really important is for people to understand, and maybe we can explore this more in a future episode, how actually you can be completely self-loving and still be someone that serves, that is generous, that is, you know, giving to others. And you have way more to give because you're taking care of your own needs. So it's not one or the other. It's not... I'm self-loving, therefore I don't take care of anyone but myself. Not at all. It's I'm self-loving, so I include myself in the group of people that I'm going to treat with love and kindness and compassion, which I'm already doing for 99.9% of people in my life. I'm just going to add me to that pot. Mm, that's such a great definition. I love that, Sam. Oh, You're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> and now... On to further definitions. <laughs> Should we break out the DSM? Please let us break I'm... out the DSM and I might stop you, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I legit want to read it just because I think, like you said, we throw this around a lot that, you know, my ex, my whoever, my brother, my aunt, whatever, has narcissistic personality disorder. I do actually see this a lot at work. Um, mm. not necessarily people coming in who have NPD, but people who are um, in relationship with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, which is such a hard mm-hmm. thing to say. It's a hard thing it's to a say. Hard yeah. word. Okay. I'm going to read the definition though, uh, just for clarity. So narcissistic personality disorder is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity and fantasy or behavior need for admiration the lack of empathy beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following 
So basically you get nine different possibilities. And if you meet five of them, this would be your diagnosis. Ooh. So we ready, okay, cool. are we ready to diagnose well, people? We could dig. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> we can go into these nine, but first of all, let's like look even to, to show how this is fundamentally already different from self-love. One of the things that stood out for me in that definition is a lack of empathy, mm-hmm. which when you are self-loving and you learn to forgive yourself, to be compassionate to yourself, to give yourself the benefit of the doubt, to stop judging yourself so harshly, mm-hmm. what happens is you extend that same level of compassion, non-judgment towards other people and you become the most empathetic person wandering around. I have never seen, like self-love makes you so empathetic. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that narcissism is defined by a lack of empathy means you cannot be self-loving and narcissistic at the same time. Right. I also catch, what catches my eye is need for admiration. Oh, I yeah. think when you are practicing self-love, you are so confident in who you are because you see mm. yourself as worthy of love um, mm. that you aren't needing constant admiration, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because need for admiration is that like need for a source external to yourself to validate you. And that is what hopefully diminishes when you have self-love is that you don't need yeah, external validation or admiration from other people because you know your worth and your value. And yeah. I would say to being admired and enjoying being admired is, is fine. I would say like an incessant 100%. need is not fine. I think it's great yeah. though if people are recognizing you for who you are and it feels good. Um, that's a great thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to say because I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking that feeling. Right. My goodness. I like that feeling. <laughs> I don't think we'd be human if we didn't want or like the feeling of admiration. But yeah, I think you're right. There's a difference between liking that and needing it to be okay in the world. Yes. Okay. Are we ready for number one? Number one, go for it. You have to have five of these nine things. Okay. Number one has a grandiose, 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 grandiose. <laughs> <That> word. <laughs> I don't know. Grandiose sense of self-importance. Um, example, exaggerates achievements and talents expects to be recognized as superior without commiserate commensurate (laughs) commensurate (laughs) can we just pause and say it is late on a sunday night after a weekend (laughs) of legit parenting (laughs) i'm struggling with pronunciation guys also english well i mean i am a native speaker (laughs) you are not (laughs) but i actually i am (laughs) okay okay so it's self-importance. Yes. And exaggerations of achievements and talents. Okay. Exaggerating achievements and talents without actual, what was it? Commensurate achievements. Achievements. Right. Yes. So you're, you haven't actually achieved these grand things that you're mm-hmm. claiming to have achieved. Okay. So, well, first of all, <laughs> I think this is where, right? people do think, ah, if I build my self-love, maybe I will become like this because I think people misperceive self-love to be self-importance. Right. Like that if you become self-loving, somehow now you have an inflated sense 
of your self-importance. And I think it's self-love is absolutely not about inflating your sense of self-importance. It's about Mm -hmm. recognizing your worth and your value and yeah, treating yourself kindly. And so for people that are struggling or working on their self-love, it's about bringing you from a position of not knowing your worth, not knowing your inherent value, not realizing how wonderful you are up to a baseline where you recognize, okay, I have a lot of value to bring to the world, but it is not inflating that so far that you suddenly become self-important and better than everybody else. You know, I think that's one of the things like narcissists need to be more important than everybody else that they surround themselves with. Whereas a self-loving person is just loving themselves in equal proportion to the way they love their friends and family. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. Number two is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Hmm. So preoccupied, meaning thinking about it all the time. Mm. Um, it's, it's top of the line of what I'm thinking about. Um, mm. And unlimited. So unlimited power, brilliant success, beauty, ideal love. Um, mm. hmm. It's not like anyone you know. <laughs> I'm not going to name the narcissist in my life <laughs> no. on this podcast. No, 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 no. I think, you know, um, appreciating your brilliance and your beauty is different than being preoccupied. You know, again, mm. saying... Um, you know, my friend is really fantastic. She comes up with the greatest ideas. She's so smart. That mm. wouldn't be an obsession or a preoccupation. That would just be acknowledging what is true about your friend. And so mm-hmm. when you're your own best friend, you're just saying, yeah, I feel um, I had some really great points at that meeting. I'm feeling like on my top of my game. I'm loving mm. being able to use my gifts here. Mm. And I think it's important that a self-loving human being can see their own brilliance, but they're still very aware of their weaknesses and their flaws and their imperfections and they're kind about those things. Whereas a narcissist doesn't seem to have awareness around their Mm. own weaknesses and lack of brilliance in other areas of their life. Well, what's important to note here is that a narcissist would be preoccupied with fantasies mm-hmm. of these things mm. might not be rooted mm. in truth. Mm-hmm. And what's sad, I think if we can offer some compassion to this is that, you know, people with narcissistic personality disorder are just, I mean, it's just really sad, right? It, it's not mm. something that um, is a fun disease to have, you know, no one's, no, no one, um, I don't know, is excited about having this disease. It comes from pain. You know, most of the people that experience this have had really traumatic childhoods. That's usually Mm. a pretty close link. Um, Mm. And so it's almost like as escaping reality to live in a fantasy land, how we all kind of numb out in some ways, but it's like this, this way extreme version of that. Mm. It's so true. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I don't know, and because I'm not a psychologist, but like anything, I feel like narcissists weren't born, right? They weren't mm-hmm. born narcissistic. Like right. it's not a genetic thing. Yeah. And so to have compassion for that child that came into the world and whatever they went through mm-hmm. created this within them. Right. Yep. 
Shall we continue? What's number three. <laughs> <laughs> Behind door number three. I'm trying to make this exciting and fun, but you're like, oh, this is mental health. Boy, this is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It, but knowledge is power. We're going to power through. Here we go. Number three. Yeah. Believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. Mm. See, this is where I feel like the first half of that point, I'm like, yeah, of course, you are special and unique. I'm all for people believing they're special and unique. But then when it goes on to say as if only associates with other people who believe that Mm -hmm. or of high status, that's where I go, oh, so the underlying assumption of the narcissist is that not everybody in the world is special and unique. Yes. That there are people in some kind of weird club of high status individuals that are more special and more unique than others. And that's where it's a problem, right? Sam, have you not gotten the invitation to that special club? (laughs) This is real awkward now. (laughs) We're in the club, are you not? not in the special and unique club. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think self-love really is like knowing, yeah, you're unique. Yeah, you're special. I didn't have any problem with that first part, but it's also knowing and so is every single other human being on the planet. Right. Right. You know, that's why all of us, even the narcissists, are worthy of love and mm-hmm. compassion and kindness. Okay. Number four is short and sweet. Requires excessive admiration. Uh, requires. Yeah. So mm-hmm. cannot function without it. And that's because, right, their internal admiration or like, actual true self-love mm-hmm. is not there yeah that's why they require it if they were self-loving individuals they would not require excessive admiration yeah i think about you know we talk about having a love cup and how mm. it's our job to notice if our love cups are full if it's empty and if so how can we fill them up i almost feel like someone with narcissism has like a love colander you know with holes in it mm. that just no mm. amount of admiration will fill it up or it won't stick. Yeah. It won't hold, you know? And so I, I think, it is sad. again, you offer compassion to that. Like, imagine feeling that way. That, mm. that no amount of admiration would feel enough, ever. Mm. That relentless drive to get that. Ugh. Yeah, right? Very exhausting and yeah. lonely. Yeah. So, again, it is great when you're when you're admired, when people see who you are and appreciate who you are and your uniqueness and your specialness in the world, that's fantastic. Enjoy that. If you mm. are requiring it to function, that's a whole nother story. Mm. Yeah. What number are we up to? <laughs> Five. Wow. We're halfway Six. through. Five. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Five. Okay. Five has a sense of entitlement. Um, example, unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Mm, okay. Yeah. Sense of entitlement. <laughs> I mean, from, I get that sounds like narcissism. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, yep, that's a narcissist. <laughs> and that maybe is one of the ones that we notice right off the bat in other people is a sense of entitlement. That's, yeah. you know, we, we picked that up pretty quickly. So actually, can you, you mentioned something before we started recording this episode around you know, everybody, we all have narcissistic traits. Mm-hmm. Or we can have. Mm-hmm. And so what, for someone listening who's like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's me. I have a sense of entitled, entitlement or any of the other ones. 
Well, I how would give, you? Yes. Yeah. When I was in grad school uh, studying mm. this beautiful book, <laughs> yeah. they would start at you know the class saying, "You're going to read this book, and you're going to feel like you have every one of these illnesses, and that you are, <laughs> you know, it's only a matter of time before everyone finds out that you have because." We all, all people have a little bit of all of these things, you know, yeah, it's just, if you're having, like this says five out of nine, that's why they say five out of nine right. <laughs> consistently in lots of different contexts. There are yeah. all times when we are going to be narcissistic and we're going to behave that way. Uh, mm. That does not mean that we have this illness. Um, mm. It does mean we probably need to talk to someone about it. <laughs> um, yeah. About an unmet need. But I think just mm. being really aware that we all, to a level, experience this, parts of this. But again, it's not pervasive. It's not every day in every context. So that's the difference. Mm. So, okay. you know, a sense of entitlement. We all do that, especially um, like oh, white privilege, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of entitlement there that, that mm. white people are working, need to be working on understanding, mm. you know? Um I mean, that's a whole nother topic we can get into about <laughs> yeah. how that entitlement can affect our self-love journey. Mm. But right now, let's continue on. Right now, <laughs> let's go to number six. Six is interpersonally exploitative. Ooh. Takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Yeah. So you're okay. just something for me to use, Sam. Oh my goodness. I mean, if I were a narcissist. <laughs> if you were a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we've all experienced this in a relationship before where someone uses you for their gain yes. and how yucky yeah. that feels and how hurtful that yeah. feels. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, people do this in all different contexts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, use you in business. Right. right. Use you in in all kinds of relationships. But yeah, yeah. I think okay. that, again, when you're self-loving, it's, it's not about – Again, all I can keep coming back to is like this beautiful sense of equality that is underlying self-love. It's mm -hmm. not that you're suddenly going to start treating the people in your life like shit at all. It's just that you are going to make more time and attention to take care of your own needs so that you can be an even better friend, partner, mother, sister, whatever, to all those people in your life. I would say for me, one of the biggest things in my self-love journey has been about as I take better care of myself, I'm actually taking way better care of others in my life for sure. Mm. I'm able yeah. to give without resentment or strings attached. And that mm -hmm. creates a way healthier dynamic in friends mm -hmm. and relationships, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just true connection right. that can't be there when we have these like walls up of resentment yes. because we are just giving at the expense of ourselves. Totally. Totally. Mm. So that is the, the opposite end of the spectrum from narcissism to uh, self-love. Yeah, we're not using other people. Absolutely We're not. continuing to give to other people right. as well as ourselves. Right, yeah. That's a big one. I think that, that right there is a really important thing, especially I think, you know, about um, – I work with a lot of moms, and mm. a lot of moms are just killing themselves trying to, to serve and love their families as best as they can. And mm. it is incredibly difficult – for them to shift into taking good care of themselves because mm. it feels so selfish and they're seeing their vulnerable children and they're wanting to make sure that they are loved and get all their needs met. 
And these moms mm. are running themselves ragged. And at the end of the day, they're like, I'm an angry, yelly mom because mm. I'm exhausted, you know? So yeah. it really is like once you can turn that corner and say, I've got to take care of myself. So not so that, but kind of. And, and this example yeah. for these moms, like, benefit so of that, that be. you can take care of others first, you know? So yeah. Okay. Seven is the big one. This one I feel like is the nail in the coffin. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Lacks empathy, is unwilling yeah, exactly. <laughs> to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. You know, self-love does nothing but build your empathy for yourself and others. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one that is the hardest for me right. around knowing a narcissist or if you're in any kind of relationship with a narcissist is it is just so difficult because there isn't that empathy there. Mm-hmm. They, they actually don't understand your point of view or perspective or have any desire to. So that is like a really hard element of being in any kind of situation or relationship yep. with a narcissist. So yep. I think that one's the, for me, that's, yeah, that's the hardest. Of it all. really is. And I think when mm. you, when you can't, feel empathy from someone else, it's hard for you to return empathy. And so just knowing that if you are in relationship with someone who has this, um, you might feel less empathetic, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's hard to respond to that if you're not receiving the empathy you need. That's true. Mm -hmm. I find where my judgment comes out is absolutely with people that I consider to be narcissists. Mm -hmm. I am, I find it incredibly hard to be loving and compassionate to those human beings. Right. And I would say this is one of the things that really keeps the cycle of this disorder going, you know, mm -hmm. is um, who needs more love than someone who can't hold on to it, you know, who needs more empathy than someone who can't express empathy, you know? Mm. Yeah. They need so much. And yet because of their, these behavior traits, it's like, we don't want to give it to them. Mm -hmm. Mm. Shall we continue on this fun, fun dive? (laughs) This is such a great episode. <laughs> I do feel this pressure to make it lighthearted and fun and like, hey guys, party time. But this is, it's just hard, but it's important. It's, it's important. Yeah, I think um, it is. Okay. Number eight is number often eight. envious or others of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, so it's going both ways. Is often envious of others. Did you say? Yes. Or believes that others huh. are envious of him or her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get why I almost understand the second part of that definition more, like mm-hmm. um, believes that others would be envious of them because that to me speaks to that self-importance and brilliance and power and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, the whole world must be envious of this. But I didn't realize they were also envious of others. Right. Maybe, again, it's just <laughs> those unique and special people in mm-hmm. the high-status groups <laughs> that have even more power and brilliance, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know, as I'm reading this, like I'm just noticing that my compassion dial has turned up quite a bit. Yeah. As I'm <laughs> like, too. Oh, yeah. I think that we almost villainize people with this disorder because it's, it's so painful to be in a relationship with someone who has. Yeah. That. And so I think, you know, because it's such a painful place, we want to avoid that at all costs. We're like, I, mm. I don't want to pursue self-love journey behaviors because if I do I could end up like that and I know how that feels you know yeah so I think that's why this conversation is so important to dissect you know a hundred percent 
And I think part of that comes from the fact that narcissists often can present as incredibly confident, charismatic people. Oh, my word, yes. You know, like Mm -hmm. when I think of the ones that I know, uh, they were incredibly charming and incredibly confident. And I think confidence is absolutely a trait that people associate with self-love. Like if I were more self-loving, I would be more confident. Mm -hmm. And so then they think, "Uh uh-oh, when does confidence become narcissism? You know, which is why we're reading out this list to you. (laughs) Yeah, I would say kind of my working definition for confidence is knowing the truth about yourself. Mm. And what I mean by that is saying, I know it's in my toolbox. I know what tools I have. I know my past history and what I'm capable of. I know Mm. my heart and my dreams and my skills and my support. And so I'm just acknowledging the truth about myself going into a new situation. Mm, I love that. I mean, you should just rewrite the dictionary. <laughs> it's a much better wow. definition. Well, my um, <laughs> my group of high up, upper status people they they also yeah. agree. <laughs> In your special and unique group, you can go into writing dictionary. <laughs> okay, are we ready for the last one? We've reached number nine. I hope your tally is less than five. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. Yeah. And again, I think this is the one where people are like, oh, if I become self-loving, then I'm going to become this arrogant person with an attitude problem. <laughs> oh, my. You know? Sign me up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I would just think looking at this list, it is literally the opposite of the goals of self-love. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. think of anything more different right. than narcissism and self-love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why do you think people put them in the same boat? I really do think it is this people thinking that self-love is believing yourself is the most important person mm-hmm. and worthy of more love than other people mm-hmm. and that therefore you will become arrogant and like use all your resources for yourself and not be giving and exactly. using them for community. yeah yeah take all of the resources that you've so far been using to help other people be generous be selfless be whatever people pleaser and if i turn those inwards on myself then i'm gonna become one of these people that just doesn't have time for anyone else and thinks they're better than mm-hmm. everybody else mm-hmm. yeah do you have, not naming names, but a success story of a client you've worked with who has mm. struggled from this place of I don't want to become so into myself mm. and has maybe received a different understanding of self-love and has had significant life changes? I'm putting you on the mm. spot here. <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I think the majority of clients that work on this area of their life with me are very hesitant to do so. Like they can see that they think this would be something that is going to be a positive influence in their their life, but they're very nervous because Mm -hmm. of this, right? They they don't want to become selfish. They don't want to become arrogant. They don't want to become all of the things that you just listed out. And all I can say is it's, it's only in them, me reassuring them, Hey, that's not going to happen. Can we just try? Like I'm let's just come up with an action step and I want you to try and do this action and I want you to tell me what change that has on you. Like does it make you 
arrogant doesn't make you mm-hmm. and it's only in the actual practice of it you know in practicing receiving a compliment or having a gratitude practice mm-hmm. for themselves or you know booking in self-care appointments or whatever the different actions are that they realize this is not at all changing my relationships with other people right. it's not inflating my sense of self it's just making me feel so much more calm and and reassured and loved and supported and therefore Mm -hmm. I'm really as you said showing up for the people in my life that matter and I've never had anyone be like uh this isn't working for me (laughs) like (laughs) this isn't improving the situation but it's when I give them the theory or when we chat about it or when we like intellectually they get it but they're still afraid that they're going to become selfish. And that's, as I say, it's only in taking the actions that they realize, oh, no, that didn't happen. I did not become right. <laughs> a selfish, arrogant, haughty, preoccupied person yep. <laughs> obsessed with admiration. And no, not at all. It's so funny. I keep thinking about um, a lot of the moms, both in my my own circle of friends and mm. uh, my clients, thinking about Mm. how it's such a fear. If I do this thing for myself, others will suffer. My family Mm. will suffer. And yet to see them make that choice, do that thing, um, take out dedicated time for themselves and to see how Mm. they come back in the game, more refreshed, more available emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically, you know, it does take a while to rewire that thinking pattern. Mm. And also I think for parents or mums to to keep in mind that we know, right, that all of these, the the self-worth and self-esteem issues form in early childhood and are very much a reflection of the parents' self-worth and self-love and self-esteem. And so- No pressure, parents. Get it right, <laughs> though. Pressure. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> But if you work on this area as a parent, Mm -hmm. it's the most generous gift you can give your child because they then become someone with these self-loving characteristics and traits. And, like, that's the greatest, greatest, greatest gift you could give them. And so it's there's nothing more important than that in my mind. Talk about preventative medicine too. If your youngster is starting out with this vocabulary, this understanding, this awareness, holy Hmm. smokes, how much they would, how much pain they could avoid. A hundred percent. I mean, we know that a lack of self-love shows up in so many different things. And for me, it was, you know, we've talked about body image, but that led to an eating disorder for so many people with addictions. Addiction is very much based on a lack of belonging and connection which comes from feeling not worthy not good enough and there's so many other ways that it shows up and people overworking in you know in in all kinds of destructive behaviors that if we can instill self-love in our kids it really is the the best preventative medicine we can give them sold me i'm in (laughs) (laughs) do this parents and don't feel guilty feel proud oh my word Well, do you feel like we have cleared up for the masses the difference between self-love and narcissism? I certainly hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when I hear those, yeah, those nine points, I'm just like every single one of them to me is so fundamentally different from a self-loving human. 
And I think sometimes it's about going, okay, who is a person in my life that having heard that definition maybe is a narcissist and who is a person in my life that I think is self-loving, that treats themselves well, that, Mm -hmm. you know, and how different are those two people? (laughs) Just seeing. I'm sure they are on the opposite ends of the spectrum of people in your life. You know, these, these two things are poles apart. They're literally like basically self-love is almost take the definition of narcissism and reverse it. And there you've got self-love. That is so interesting, right? So interesting. Mm. I have a question and this might be, I don't know if you can answer this, Lindsay. Oh, geez. And no pressure, no pressure. I'm putting you on the spot. For people that do know, having listened to that definition, can identify people that they're like, yeah, you know what? I know someone that has six, seven of these traits that Mm -hmm. is a narcissist. Or for someone listening who might be like, oh, my goodness, maybe I'm a narcissist. Mm Mm-hmm. Like what's the, how do psychologists work with, like if this is a diagnosis, mm-hmm. is there a pathway towards helping people with narcissistic personality disorder disable that and become empathetic, self-loving human beings? Or because I have this like, you know, I'm I'm so optimistic. And then when I think of the narcissist that I know, I'm like, ah, they're just always going to be like that. But is that defeatist? Is there a way out? I, yeah, I feel like eternal hope that people who reach for the healing they need, it will be provided Mm. for them, you know? So Mm. I think if you're hearing that list and saying, oh shoot, that's me, it's worth talking to someone about, you know, because Mm. if that, if you're feeling this could be me, I'm guaranteeing you have a ton of pain in your life that Mm. requires healing. And if you were to be courageous enough to to ask for help and to receive that healing, how much better your life could be. Mm. So I do have eternal hope for all people to receive yeah. the healing they need. Um, the, the hard part is, is that people who suffer from this don't necessarily think the problems with them. They think the problems yeah. with ev- everyone around them. So that really is the, the barrier to treatment right there. Yeah. It's that lack of self-awareness. Right. Right. Mm. So not that there is no hope, but um, yeah, always hope. It is challenging. Yeah. It's a really challenging diagnosis. Um, it's really challenging to be in relationship with someone with that diagnosis. Mm. So I think I, I do, it would be good to address that. If you feel like you're in relationship with someone who is experiencing this disease, illness, um, it does require a lot more self-care and awareness and boundaries, you know? And mm. so... being in relationship with someone who has this can just really rock your world, really Mm -hmm. um, affect the people around them so deeply and long-term and drastically. And so get the healing you need. (laughs) Absolutely. Is this where they need to get help from a coach or from a therapist or psychologist? (laughs) All of the above all of the time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I feel like you just can't get too much help. You know, we really, Mm. we really have to reach out for all the things um, that will help make our lives healthier and better. Well, that is very well said. I feel like on that note, we can (laughs) wrap this beautiful episode and 
Yeah, if anyone still, after listening to this episode, has questions about it or concerns about it or you know, wants to know anything else about how narcissism and self-love differ, then please head on over to our website, youareinfinitelove.com, and send us an email or drop into our DMs on Instagram at youareinfinitelove. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.